Simplified Chaos, episode 166. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to another episode of Simplified Chaos. This is Jillian, and I'm joined by my co-host and handsomely rugged, ruggedly handsome husband. That's me. Nicholas! What's going on, folks? We hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got another great episode here for you today. This one is an interview episode. Jilly, who'd you have a chance to sit with this time? I had the chance to sit down and chat with Milena Regos, who is the founder of Unhustle. She is a mentor, advisor, coach to overworked high performers seeking to fit their work into their good life instead of the other way around. She shares her beautiful story on how she left her hustle culture lifestyle to a life that now reconnects to her values and embodies presence, flow, and fulfillment. Basically, uh, everything that I was seeking when I left my full-time career. So um, it was definitely a topic I think many can resonate with. So I, I hope you guys enjoy this one. All right. Well, without further ado, here is Jill's interview with Milena. Hi, Milena. Welcome to Simplify Chaos. Hi, thanks for having me. I um, am so ecstatic that you took the time to, to have this conversation and we were chatting before I hit the record button of just what you did this morning. Do you guys want to share what you did this morning? <laughs> I just think it's so magical. Well, technically, um, I woke up early, watched the sunrise over the ocean. I have these unhustle morning rituals. That's what I was saying. Technically, I did my unhustle morning rituals, <laughs> but um, basically... Uh, had a, a, a mellow, slow morning. We went for a walk on the beach with my husband, walked the dog, and then I swam for about half a mile, maybe a mile. Got stung by a few jellyfish, but swam with the tropical fish. Um, and then had a coffee with a friend. And then I came home and I sat down to get to my serious work. But it's just, it's been really nice to be able to have a slow morning with time for yourself where you get some movement, you get some exercise, you, you do some gratitude, you, you know, you, you, you connect with nature and, and uh, when your body, and then when you feel alive and awake and energized, you can sit down and do your most meaningful work. And just from a place of joy and abundance and ease, and it just flows, everything flows so much easier. And so I'm very grateful for my mornings. Well, that you kind of wrapped it up because I was just going to ask you what you're grateful for. And it seemed like it just kind of <laughs> flowed naturally into that, the gratitude, because um, we also believe it's, it's so vital. And um, just to share my, I'm very gra- grateful for you taking the time to, to do this and share the work that you do. And I, I have so many notes and like posts I jotted down. I was like, I need to ask her about this. And I want to talk to her about this. So I'm hoping the conversation will flow in all of the directions of just what you do and the work you put into the world. But uh, I guess before we dive in, well, I guess we'll just dive in now. Like, I would love to hear more about you, where you're from, just the story, how it unfolded and how you're doing your and hustle work now. Like, how did it, <laughs> how did it get there? I'm like always fascinated by the journey. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that, um, you can start wherever you want and yeah, I'll just, we'll just let it go. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I ran an eight 
figure marketing agency um, after a decade of working as the marketing director for a ski resort. And who quits a ski marketing job in Lake Tahoe to start a business, right? <laughs> so, as a first-generation immigrant, I chased that material success. You know, I fell for that hustle coach's lie that we have to push ourselves to exhaustion to achieve success. So when I started my agency, I put in the 12, 18 hour days, you know, I slept with my phone, I worked extra hard. And certainly I, I won a marketing awards and I worked with some celebrities like Madonna and Steve Nash. I ended up sacrificing my health, my relationships, and even my marriage. I uh, put all of that on the back burner for that work and, and chasing external validation without the internal connection that we actually makes us happy and grateful and, and healthy. But I didn't know that back then. Um, so at some point I realized that, that chasing that success on the outside doesn't necessarily mean success on the inside. So um, I ended up burning out, which really led us to plan a 10-day digital trip to this place here, Baja California, sir, where I currently am. And on that trip, I realized that what I was really missing was, was a lot more presence, more fulfillment, more purpose in my life and more flow. And I decided to redefine my success. So I reconnected with my values for, for more freedom, more well-being, more creativity. And in that process, um, I studied a lot of mindfulness and well-being, human potential, things like neuroscience and uh, biohacking, you know, a little bit of spirituality in there. I ended up with, with flow state um, and I ended up with peak performance. And so I was able to, to kind of redefine my success. And to, to me, success currently um, means living in a place you love, doing what you love while contributing in some meaningful and powerful way to the world and having a ton of fun while you're doing it. Now, the Japanese have a term for this. They call it ikigai. I call it life work play design. So how do we fit our work into our good life instead of the other way around? And in that process, Unhustle, my company and my movement was born. And basically, I'm inspiring and empowering leaders to create peak experiences in life, which leads to peak performance at work. Um, and since then, I've shared the Unhustle message with places like the World Economic Forum, Wisdom 2.0, um, and many, many conscious leaders and organizations who are craving um, escaping that hustle and grind and getting into a new way to live, work, and play. And since then, personally, I haven't looked back. I mean, we just talked about my morning, but, you know, I, I feel like I have a big mission in life to, to participate in the conversation in the future of work or future of life. Um, and to, to look into this, how do, we, how do we redefine success as a society and as individuals, but, but on a very um, daily basis, you know, we just talked about my morning, um, I'm healthier, I've regained my, my health, um, I feel like I, I chase that flow, right, but some days I would go on a five-hour coffee break, a coffee date with somebody and not even look at my watch, um, mm. it's possible to get your work done in less time and you and, and, and have a more intentional life, right? And, and I chase my flow kite surfing and I chase my flow at work. So I do believe that when we are fully aligned, we can create in, uh, more intention in our days and we can create the meaningful work that, that um, fulfills us without burning out. So I, I do think when we find the intersection of life, work and play is where the magic happens and, and you become unhustled. Holy cow. You said so much good stuff in like a nutshell, <laughs> in like three <laughs> minutes. Oh my gosh. 
Interview done. <laughs> we can wrap it up here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just taking notes because you said so much goodness of just about like, and I think so many people can resonate with your message because I was definitely one of those people who chased the external validation, who had the hustle mindset. And this was before I had a kid and having a kid completely changed my world. It completely put everything in perspective. And I think everybody has that one struggle, that one, or could be multiple incidences in their life that like, you kind of like question, like, why am I doing this? What is it for? Am I even having fun anymore? And I think fun is so underrated. And I think as we become adults, we forget. And that's the great thing about being around children. I was a teacher. It's like, you see them have fun every day and you're like, why am I not that joyful every day? Why can I not show up that, you know, um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've read quite a bit about play and why uh, as adults, we lose that play factor. We think it's for children only. Right. Um, I can I can give you a little bit of research from Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, who is the godfather of the flow concept and his research back in the 70s. He studied um, knowledge workers so and, and blue color workers, but let's just use knowledge workers, people who use their brains for work. Right. And even though we say we'd rather not be working. What he realized is that because at work, we're motivated, challenged, focused, creative. We have, you know, we're checking off to-do lists. We feel accomplished at the end of the day. 64% of the time, we end up being in flow. Where in our leisure time, because we, we're, for the most part, we, we are in passive leisure. You know, we're scrolling on Instagram and watching TV and and relaxing and running errands, we're only 20% of the time in flow state. So flow means you're fully engaged in the activity. And according to the, to, to the flow theory, um, you are, when you're fully engaged in the activity, when you're in the zone, your fulfillment is higher, your well-being is higher, your happiness and joy is higher, right? So that's why that flow state is so critical. So basically, not only the way we're working is broken and we end up burning out, but we, the way our, our leisure time is broken too. And that was really eye-opening for me. So mm-hmm. the solution to that really, you know, we start with fun, is like when you watch kids play, they're fully focused on what they're doing, right? They rarely get distracted. We don't have that as adults. And so the solution to that is to find something that is challenging but not too challenging that that uh, maybe something that you used to do as a kid. In my case, it's like I love playing ping pong because I, I grew up playing ping pong. It's so fun to do. I was actually playing some uh, some ping pong last night, and it's so such an easy activity. But it doesn't, you know, kite kiteboarding for me became kind of a, a focused activity. But it doesn't have to be that um, adventurous. I guess it could be something like. Um, going for a hike or, you know, even something like playing chess or, or knitting or gardening, all of these activities could put you in a flow state. But for some reason we gravitate, well, I know why we gravitate towards Instagram and tech distractions just because they, they're addictive, right? And so we need to regain our time and attention Mm. and joy. Oh, and it's, it's funny you just said kiteboarding because we just went to St. Petersburg and I've never seen a kiteboarder set up before. So we're watching this guy on the beach. We're just like chilling and observing. I was with Lucille. I think Nick uh, was out golfing and I'm like, what is this guy blowing up? I didn't realize there was like a pump involved. And I'm just watching the process of him preparing. And I'm like, the fact that like we can just be here and have this time just to observe something new. And I'm with my daughter. I was just like, I want to learn how to kiteboard now. Like that sense of fun and invigoration and just like, 
watching someone else do it. It's, it's addicting too. When you see someone else have joy and passion and, and purpose in something and, or just smiling, it, it really, you gravitate towards that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing too, is that when you find that flow outside of work, it also migrates into work too. And so you chasing that same feeling in work as well. And now there's a study by McKinsey that shows that when you work in a state of flow, you're 500% more productive, which technically means you can go to work on Monday and take Tuesday to Friday off and still get more done than if you're constantly doing um, dealing with distractions, you have 30 tabs on your computer open, which all of us do because everything's like coming, you know, information coming from everywhere. So if you learn how to get into that flow state while you're working, you can get a lot of work done um, for in, in, in less time. Now, this, the flow cycle that also means that you need time to rest and recover. That's just how the brain works because you're going through like different brain waves, right? So that's the part that's really difficult for high performance. And that's how we end up hustling is because we don't allow ourselves time to rest and relax and rejuvenate. Um, and then we end up working longer hours, but technically we're just we're just spinning our wheels. You know, we're not really creating creating a lot. And there's a lot of reasons why we don't go for our most important work and we reach out for the least important work mm. in our days. So we end up in emails and meetings and, and little projects that, you know, gives, give us that short dopamine hit for the, in the brain, but doesn't necessarily have a, a big impact on our business. And so we end up working longer hours and falling for the hustle instead of working in you know, optimal performance and optimal state. What you just described also, I feel like I don't know if you, I mean, I, I went to public schools and I feel like you described the public school system um, of just oh, like yeah. leave. We don't have a choice in creativity or performance right. in, to the individual. And we don't have the autonomy and flexibility to decide what we want to do when we want to do it. So it's almost like, I don't want to say brainwashed, but we've kind of been programmed no, to, to live this way mm-hmm. from a young age, from like 12 years. So it's ingrained in us, which makes it your work so powerful because you're like deprogramming and helping people unlearn all of these habits that stuck with them in school. And that's kind of why we've chosen to homeschool Lucille and kind of do unschooling is because I found so much, I have learned so much being outside of school now and looking back and reflecting, I'm like, this is not, I don't think what's best for us as humans. And I don't know if you kind of made that correlation as well, or what your you know education background or schooling was like. Well, I had a very different uh, upbringing in education. I grew up in communist Bulgaria, but um, so it was a completely, completely different system. I don't know if it was better or worse. Yeah. I do know I was a, a bit of a rebel from an early age and my parents encouraged that rebellious spirit in me mm. um, at all times. My mom was very creative. But to your point, back to the school system in in, in this country, Actually, Seth Godin has a great TED talk that talks exactly about this, how we're completely brainwashed and how we're teaching our kids to, you know, to not stand out and to not be creative and to follow the rule and to obey the system. And yeah, we end up bringing this perfect factory worker in reality, which then turns into, into your perfect worker, into perfect hustle culture, instead of inspiring more creativity, more individualism, more authenticity. Another book, I have it right here is Gordon McKinsey. Um, he wrote a great book. It's called um, it's called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. And it's, um, it's you say hairball? Hairball, yeah. Yeah. He's he was a uh, he spent 30 years in uh, Hallmark as a creative. And basically the whole book is his stories and examples from Hallmark on how we kill creativity and how we don't allow our children to be creative. So 
it starts exactly with that, how he goes to a school meeting and he asks the kids, how many of you here consider yourselves creative? And the older the children get, the fewer hands go up. And that's a really good example of how we just crush our creativity. We, we're, not, we're not inspired to be individualistic. Again, I was born a rebel and, and being different to me, I've always been different and I've always kind of go against the grain. That's why I'm like, everybody's going in one direction. Hustle is the way to success. I'm like, nope, it's the opposite way. <laughs> so that feels very natural to me. Um, but I've always been rebellious in, in that way. And, you know, everybody needs to make their own decisions. I just, I'm looking at what's going on. I'm looking at the data and, and I see 77% of burnout, 80, over 80% of us are, are, are stressed out, you know, we're sleep deprived, overweight, um, mental health challenges on the rise. So no, and we're unhappy as in 50 years. So no, what we're doing isn't working. So we need to get very passionate about this, but we need to find yeah. a better way. We need to redefine success individually and collectively, you know. Um, Europeans work fewer hours each week and they're more creative, they're happier and they have more better work-life balance. And I can go on and on with the stats and the data, but uh, but it's sad what we're creating for our children. I agree. And I love that you bring the data in because um, on our podcast, we don't really bring up data too much, even though my husband is very much a data numbers guy. Um, but no, we, we've experienced the same way and we're, we're definitely changed our whole life. And we're, it's funny you say against the grain because we're literally just starting a series called against the grain because we've realized so many things we're doing. It's not mainstream. It's not what everybody else is doing, but we have found so much more meaning and fulfillment in kind of, I don't know, challenging the status quo and not just doing it to do it, but doing it and finding like, like with our health, nutrition, the food we eat, the way we're living. Um, it, it's just, it's been mind boggling that there's not more people doing it. So we're like, let's just share our story. And maybe we can inspire one other person just to ask themselves a question about their life if they find that they need to. But um, you said something that was on your Instagram that made me laugh. You were, <laughs> it was busy <laughs> is the new stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I have found that there's a difference between busy and full. And I find myself trying not to use the word busy so much because I find that like I have this negative connotation towards the word busy. But the word full to me is like, oh, my day is full. But to me, it's like there's a lot of meaningful and purposeful stuff. There might be a lot going on, but it feels full to me. And I don't know if you have a different like if you find there's certain words that you try not to use now that you're like, I don't know, changing your lifestyle and in more of a flow state, there's certain, I guess, ways or just ways, expressions, at least for me that I was brought up, like, I'm going to run to the bathroom. It's like these little things of like fast pacedness. And why do I have to be quick about something? Or like, I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> oh, completely. I mean, I hate the word busy these days. You know, if somebody tells me they're busy, I'm like, well, that's, that's really too bad. That's a shame. Um, <laughs> kind of the hair on my back stands out when I hear busy, like, what are you so busy with? You know, we're yeah. busy living or we're busy dying. Mm. But, um, you know, I, uh, I don't use busy. Um, I, I, um, I don't know if a full is the right word for me. Um, I like to say I'm making progress on, on mm. what I want to work for, you know, towards. And as long as I'm making progress on, on kind of my goals, um, I feel happy at the end of the day. Now, sometimes the days get away from me and I, I want to do three things and I end up with doing just one. And I think at that stage, we get really um, critical 
about ourselves and a coulda, woulda, shoulda done this and, and gets we get stressed out. And so I'm working on changing that narrative in my, in, in my head um, from a negative to a positive. And instead of saying all the things that I didn't get to do, saying, oh, but look at all the things that I got done. Mm. And practicing that gratitude instead of at the beginning of the day, but at the end of the day, creating instead of a to-do list or what I did list and, 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 and actually recapping everything you did that day, it makes you feel so good. And then you can say, you know what? Good enough. <laughs> I made progress. I, I, you know, we moved forward. Um, I'm, I'm on mission. Uh, you know, I didn't get distracted. And maybe you did. And maybe saying, and so what? Maybe it was, to me, it's, it's not a wasted time if you decide to waste your time. You know, if you decide to spend half an hour on Instagram and connect with some people and see what everybody else is doing, then go for it. You know, when it becomes a habit, I think it's when we get into trouble, right? Mm. But well, sometimes yeah. I think we don't allow ourselves to stay open to opportunities that come up. And so I'm trying to add a little bit more space and freedom in my day so that you know, if I have enough things to, to fill like a five hour day um, and then something comes up and there's an extra hour to just be okay with it. And if I have to work an extra hour, that's okay. But just not being so critical of ourselves, just a little bit more self-love and, and self-acceptance, I guess. I agree. And uh, I found that once I started like unrushing my life and slowing down, opportunities started popping up more because I had the time of day to actually talk to somebody or didn't feel like I had to go to the next thing with this long to-do list. So it is interesting. I think the correlation of like just slowing down your life, it seems that you're more open and present to be there for opportunities and to say yes or no. Whereas before it's like, you're not really in the moment so much. I've been really practicing just that, like hundred percent presence of being there. And it's been really difficult for me to like deprogram myself because I've been so used to multitasking, going from one thing to the next, having a large to-do list and not feeling like I'm fulfilling it all. Um, so I, I have noticed that correlation in my life, um, tremendously. Yeah. Here's my to-do list for the day. And it's too many things. I normally go with three, but you're number <laughs> one on the list and it's, you know, one o'clock my time. So I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think, um, that deprogramming is really, really, really deep. And, and I think it will take a long time. And I think as, as long as we have awareness, of where we are, I think it's a practice. I don't think it comes easy to me at all. I don't want people to think that it's I'm, I've achieved some kind of monk status and <laughs> guru of sorts because I'm definitely not. I do get stressed out. Um, I do get anxious. My anxiety comes up at night. I think the question is um, being aware of it and having the tools in the toolbox to deal with it, whether that's, you know, exercise more, meditate more, right? Eat healthier, don't drink alcohol. I mean, all these things that that make you more aligned, more more healthy, so you can be more resilient towards this, towards stress. Mm. What does um, your nourishment routine look like? Like, how do you how do you take care of yourself so you're priming yourself to, to show up, being in a, a place of love and like acceptance of all that? Do you have any kind of routines that have really helped you throughout that process? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I work with a lot of people on, on you know, this deprogramming is some deep stuff, right? So I need to show up 110%. And it, I, tr- I listen to my what my mind and body need. And then 
my uh, research and, and training is human potential and biohacking and mindfulness, neuroscience um, and well-being. So I have a lot of tools in the toolbox to know what I need, like whether it's breath work, meditation, mindfulness, exercise, uh, dance at dinner while we cook dinner with my husband. You know, <laughs> it just depends on what you need, but you definitely yeah. need a support system and you definitely need to know the practices so that you can you can reach to them. I feel like a lot of us know the practices, but we don't give ourselves the time to do them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why it's called the practice. So when you fall off the wagon um, and then knowing when to take a day off, you know, I'd rather take a day off and, and rest and recover and mental health day, whatever you want to call it, um, instead of pushing yourself. So instead of like trying to lean in, uh, I think you just want to get better with, um, with whatever you need. Um, mindfulness is a big one for me, meditation on a daily basis. Uh, but that, that doesn't have to be cross-legged sitting on the floor with, a, you know, with mandala beads in your, head, in your hand. It could, be, it could be while you're moving, it could be while you're swimming, it could be while you're working out. But just being fully aware. I think the one thing I practice on is being fully aware at all times. And that helps me also knowing when to have fun. Yeah. Always back to fun. Um, is there anything that you're working on right now that you're like, that's really fun for you. And it, like, you're really enthusiastic about. Oh man. So many things. Um, <laughs> I get to pick and choose my projects. So it's really fun. I'm, I'm working on my book. Um, I've been working on it for a couple of years. So I really want to kind of wrap that up and send it to my editor. Um, my latest kind of fun creative project is uh, I'm designing these 30 unhustle uh, cards so they're I saw that like a creative, yeah, yeah. So they're like a creative little drawing with with some science, uh, little science tip for how to increase your your well being that mm. can be done real easy. Um, and you know all the stuff that comes to as as being an entrepreneur. You know my podcast, constantly upgrading my website. Um, yeah, just different fun projects on a personal level. Learning how to wing foil—that's kind of my next challenge. So let's go. What is that? Fun wing and creative wing foiling. Um, oh, wing so foiling. Okay. Wing foiling. Yeah. So that's when you have a foil and you have a, a you hold on to the actual um, wing, uh, so you don't have the strings. But yeah, it's really really challenging. So oh um, it's it's you know, practicing your balance and. I know I like to have fun outside, but that comes, it does, does translate into, into my work as well. <laughs> I love it. I've never heard of it before. I'm like going to have to look up videos. You're like, what does this actually look like? It's in, it looks insanely easy <laughs> and it's super, super, super challenging. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, well, usually our episodes are like an hour, but apparently zoom is only giving me 40 minutes. So we may have to wrap up early. <laughs> uh, we can always connect again. I'd love to, yeah. you know, love to come back and we can always talk more. Absolutely. Oh, hi, Lucille. I'll be done in a minute. My daughter's hand just like peeked out underneath the door. Um, well, before I know we're, we're coming kind of full backs coming full circle. Um, I always like to hear, I'm a big proponent on quotes and just words. I think they can just speak volumes and help like direct a day, like mantras and all that. But I would love to know if there's like one quote or mantra or anything that's like resonating with you today or in this season. Is this um is this a show for children for children accepted or is it it is uh you can you can do whatever you want. We it's explicit. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're explicit <Okay>. people here. <laughs> Before I say my favorite quote. <laughs> yes. Well, I've always stuck by Richard Branson. He's been my idol and mentor in business. And he and my favorite quote from him is screw it, let's do it. 
And it it resonates with me because um, you know because we're not rebellious enough. Speaking, going back to to going against the grain, and and kind of doing out showing up authentically and being brave and bold and different. Meaning means you know screw it, let's do it. Sometimes you gotta jump both feet in and, and see what happens. And I feel that so many of us uh, deal with that fear of you know, whether it's fear of missing out or whether it's just fear of what if or what if I fail. And so that's the one thing when I talk to a lot of people that reach out to me, it's that fear. And so my favorite quote is, screw it, let's do it. And oh and God, the I question you, you should ask yourself really is instead of, instead of what's the worst that could happen is ask yourself like, what's the best that can happen, right? And, mm. see, and see what comes out. That's such a great mindset shift for sure. I get. I feel like you could get a big sign and put it in your house. It would be like <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> uh, and we. And I know there's probably action in that as well. But I don't know if you had anything different that if you could. I don't want to say give advice, but just give in your experience a, a tiny action that you think would help people just live more intentional, more authentic to themselves. You know, what, what is something that people could do and take action like after listening to this. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a research by the um, American Psychological Association that showed that instead of pursuing happiness or purpose, you know, um, it's best to pursue unique and interesting experiences in life and that actually would lead to a good life. And we just talked on this show quite a bit about unique and interesting Mm. experiences. Now, the question would be, how can somebody do something unique and different without, you know, moving to another country or trying a scary sport like wing foiling. So find something that is different, right? Whether that's, um, that's um, going to work in a different way, cooking something new, um, you know, remodeling your house, simplifying, minimizing, whatever it is that's just unique and different experience, it will help you shift your perspective. And once you go down that route, I think it's easier to apply that in, into the rest of your life. And, and it also shows that it's just, it's great for pivoting, it's shifting experiences, but it's also great to bring in more joy and happiness in your life. So I would suggest find something new and, and be curious about it and and apply this current let's do it and and go for it. Ah, I love <laughs> and it. And let all me know how it goes. Together. Let me know how it goes. Yes. Yeah. Tag wow. me on Instagram at Fun <laughs> Hustle and let me know how that goes. <laughs> I love it. I'm a big proponent when I was a teacher of like, oh my daughter's here. Um oh uh, hi. You want to say hi? No. Oh, she's um, shy. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I was the the person that was like, I, I could see the uniqueness and like, I don't know, the 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 really cool components of like being weird. So I would tell my kids when I was a teacher, I'm like, get your weird on. And like own it and, you know, love it and just treat it as a gift because I think so much of us hide that to conform or to try to belong or to to feel love. And I think it's the opposite happens like so much good and beauty comes out when you just like own, own your weirdness, your uniqueness. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why so many entrepreneurs are stuck in hustle mode because we try to do what everybody else does. And if you really, if you follow your different and follow your weirdness, like you're saying, (laughs) you can, you can build whatever you want without having to work so hard. So yeah, you nailed it. Ah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for, for this amazing, I know it was kind of shorter than my usual ones, but I feel like you wrapped up everything in a bow quite nicely. <laughs> thank if, you. If, if people want to connect with you and find out more, um, where can, where can they look? Yeah, it's real simple. Just unhustle.com. I'd love for people to connect with me there. They can download a free ebook with seven unhustle superpowers at unhustle.com forward slash ebook. Yay. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. 
If you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or by simply sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation, conversation leads to action, and action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.